And welcome to episode 74 of the Rutgers Scout Cast. I am your humble, well, sometimes humble host, Sam Hellman. Excited for another show. Should be a pretty good one coming up, but man, what a week in uh, Rutgers athletics. There's only so much time on this podcast to talk about it, but it really was quite the week, whether it's... Heck, that was a pretty darn good game last Friday night, wasn't it? I think it was a lot better than people expected. Certainly has me... Sort of, maybe a little bit second-guessing some of my preseason predictions, although the game did kind of play out as we projected. It still gave a lot of excitement, and I think that you're going to see more fans come in the next couple weeks just based on the reaction and the way that Rutgers went toe-to-toe with the top 10 potential playoff team. Rutgers took a lot of punches, and Rutgers threw them back, and really it just came down to two or three botches on the Rutgers half. We're going to talk about that in the show with Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan. Heck, how about Nick Suriano, right? That's exciting. I'm sure that's going to come up at some point, but the focus this week is definitely going to be on football because football is back. Week one in college football was crazy. Week two starting off for Rutgers tomorrow against Eastern Michigan should be a pretty exciting game. Rutgers is a small favorite. We'll talk about that with Brian in the show as well. But, heck, it's also, you know, it's high school football season. Rutgers has official visitors scheduled for this weekend. Uh, Brian and I and Brian Fonseca, all three of us, will be out on the road to see some recruiting targets. Tonight I will be at Irvington High School to see Rutgers defensive line target Lance Ture in his senior debut. So yeah, there's there's a lot of football to talk about in the show this week with Brian Doan as our guest, so there's no need for me to ramble too much. We're going to jump right into the actual football talk, but before, before Brian Doan comes by, we are going to speak with Saquon Hampton. Saquon Hampton is a redshirt junior safety for Rutgers. He was the team's defensive MVP. They picked him as the MVP for that game against Washington. Go back and watch the film, and he made a lot of plays. He picked up right where he left off last year before the injury. I think people might have been surprised with what Saquon Hampton brought to the game, but that's because what you saw last year was an injured Saquon Hampton. You really didn't see the healthy one, so it's good for him to showcase that now. So what we're going to do now is have a quick five, six-minute chat with Saquon Hampton, the former... uh, Nottingham star down in the uh, Hamilton Trenton area and then after that Brian Doan is here with me to break down the week in Rutgers football all right Saquon congrats on your defensive MVP honors what was it like to earn that showing out against a team like Washington Uh, it was good um healthy uh, 100% moving around fast uh, helping my teammates as best as I could you got hurt against Washington last year, so I'm guessing you really wanted to get yeah, back at them. Yeah, I was I was excited about going out there versus Washington. Um, being hurt last year early in that game, I was just itching to get back out there and play a full game versus them. What, what went so well within the game plan? Why do you think you excelled the way that you did? Um, guys are locked in all week. Uh, we were here at meeting, having extra meetings, just, just, just us alone as players. Uh, making sure each and every person do their assignments. So we came out, we played, we played hard, and we played, um, we played good football. But we still have some things that we need to clean up, and I think we will. Um, for you and Kai, really just all the secondary, where is the comfort level? It seems like you guys have been teammates for like 10 years now. Yeah, uh, the, comfort, the comfort level is real high. We know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So when we're out there, we all know um, 
what we need to do, how we can help each other out. Um, what do you guys need to do better? Because obviously you were beating them for a while, but then that third quarter and they started hitting you with the tempo. Like, where does that need to get better for you guys? Uh, it's the little things like uh, mental errors. We made some mental errors that cost us in that game. Um, that we need to we need to clean up, and I think we will. There's little things that uh, that each and every person will work hard to fix. I don't think people know how hard it is to play through an injury like you did last year. What was that like? How much more freeing is it this year? Um, it was it was tough playing playing um, playing her last year. Uh, I was just trying to help my teammates as best as I could. Um, so being healthy now is, is a good sign for me, and I'm excited about it. How much have you learned from playing for Coach Ash? I mean, he's a DB guy. Yeah. He comes in here. He's a defensive backs guy first. Mm -hmm. How much have you learned from him? I've learned a lot. Um, he's a guy that's all about details, so uh, fundamentals and everything is, is huge with him. Uh, he makes sure that you're fundamentally sound first before anything. So uh, he's a guy that makes sure that you know all your assignments before he push you out there. So he's a good coach. I think a lot of people, at least in media, we remember first training camp with Chris Ash. You're one of the first people he started talking about. Like, I see big potential in him. Do you pay attention to that when he puts you over like that? Uh, you got to at least like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good sign uh, coming from a guy like Coach Ash who's, who's seen the uh, safeties that he's, that he's uh, coached. Um, but I try, I try to ignore all that and just focus one day at a time and get better. Do you feel like you're a veteran now? Yeah, I feel like I'm better. You feel old? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is it like seeing the younger, the freshman kids come in now? I mean, that was you however many years mm -hmm. ago, and they look so much different. Yeah. You know? uh, just got to make sure that they take the right steps uh, into becoming the best, best man that they can become. Uh, that's on the field and off the field. I got to make sure I guide those guys and make sure that they're taking the right steps. Najee Jones is a guy that's gotten a little time when mm -hmm. some of the other safeties were hurt. How's he looking? How's he coming along? Uh, he's coming along good. It's a, it's a process with him. Um, he's just fresh out of high school, so he's still learning how we do things here. But it's a, he's, a, he's working very hard, probably. Uh, what are the keys against Eastern Michigan? What's the key to success? Uh, we got to clean up first the little things that we didn't do well last week. And once we improve those things, we feel like we can play great defense. And, um, play good football this weekend. I'm asking this because Kamoko just walked in the room. How much different is your defense when he's out there? Oh, it's huge when he's out there. He's a freak athlete. So when he's out there, uh, he's just making plays. So we love when he's out there. He plays hard and he, play, he runs to the ball really well. Uh, a little off topic, but uh, I like to ask these three questions to the guys. Uh, do you have a favorite Rutgers player? Whether it's someone now or someone you watched as a kid or something? Do I have a Rutgers player? I would say Devin McCourty. I just like watching him play. Um, I like watching him play uh, when I watch the Patriots. I, I, I usually just zone in on him because he plays my position. So. He's pretty good at it. Yeah, he's pretty good at it, too. So. He's a good player. I, I went to school with him. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, how? Uh, do you have a favorite memory of your time at Rutgers so far? Uh, favorite memory be my first game. My first game I ever played here. Uh, I just remember the feeling of when I first walked on the field. It was just seeing all the fans out there. It was, it was amazing. It's a lot different than Nottingham. Yeah, it's just a lot different in high school. <laughs> yeah. uh, last thing, what's your favorite place on campus? Where would you go to eat? Uh, you get Are one you more grilled? meal. Are you grilled? What's your order there? Um, definitely six wings, mild, well done. Uh, light on the sauce. Uh, cheese steak, fried onions, ketchup. 
They still they not open. Milkshake. They don't open till four o'clock though. Is that right? I think they're open. Yeah, they open, they're open till late. They're open late, but they they don't oh, like. If I want lunch, I can't go to Are You Grow. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah it's a problem. Open a late, that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm a PJ's guy. PJ's. Okay, yeah, I like PJ's too. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, sir. All right, Brian Doan is here now on episode 74 of the Rutgers Scout Cast, and we got plenty of Rutgers football chatter, but I want to do a little segment that we used to do on the internet before uh, we stopped, and that segment is called Scout on the Road. Oh, that's how bit... we're going to talk about U.S. soccer with a big tie. We're not doing that, ever. Oh, uh, how about that loss that you guys had on Friday? Hey, win and lose is a team. One nation, one team. Sure. We got three members of our little team here going out on the road covering some high school games football's back in new jersey this week full-time everyone's got games naturally that's why you're going to pennsylvania <laughs> it is i did see a jersey team in paramus catholic and rutgers commit jared paul play uh as i had mentioned i'll put in for a third star for him later and you know late in the week so by the time this airs hopefully he has that third star impressed with watching him and his acceleration and his physicalness i also look at the fact that with his frame I would not be surprised if he develops into a linebacker one day. Uh, he does have that frame to get to size to be able to do that. And this week I'm going to go watch the Petty School. Jersey School, right, Sam? Petty School. They have a couple Jersey kids on the team, yeah. They do. And I'm going to go watch them play uh, Sam Hellman High School. Gonzaga of D.C. Go Purple Eagles. And so they're going to be playing at the University of Pennsylvania. And I'm excited to be able to see that matchup. I'm, I'm really excited to watch Petty. They have a couple Vandy commits and quarterback Alan Walters, everybody knows. But they also have a guy who Rutgers fans should know pretty well. Bruce Eugene, the former Grand Street coach, is now at Petty as an assistant coach. Talented play caller, you know, offensively knows what he's doing. He was the guy who made sure Olakunle Fadakazi found his way to Rutgers. He coached him in high school up until his senior season. So I look at it and I'm excited to go check that out. I'd much rather be going to the game four minutes from my house. But, you know, my chance is to go see 10 to 12 prospects, including a couple underclassmen at Petty who have heavy Rutgers interest both ways. And... You know, I'll see 10 or 12 kids instead of one. Well, we'll have the other Brian going to see that one kid because St. Joe's Metuchen plays at North Brunswick. And, yeah, I don't think North Brunswick has any kids this year. But uh, John Olmstead at St. Joe's Metuchen is he's one of the top 2019s in the state. You know, Rutgers is still talking to him a lot. There may be some interest staying close to home. So I think it's a good first game for Brian there, to go There to. is interest in staying home. He's got some friends on the team who are some freshman, redshirt freshman offensive linemen. But my question with a guy like John is, he lives in North Brunswick. He's a North Brunswick kid. Does he have to go to, can he just like after the game be like, oh, I'm going home? <laughs> or does he have to go back to Metuchen and then come home? So hopefully for him, he gets to go right home. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's a good way to get Brian started covering high school. You see the one big kid dominate. He's easy to find. He's a good interview. I'm sure he'll be fun to hear from. So look for an update on John Olmstead this weekend. If he can't identify which kid this is, it should be his last game to go to. Yeah, he should uh, stand out. It would be like watching Anthony Davis play a bunch of seventh graders. I will be at Irvington High School. Irvington Coach, Coach Smoke, one yep. of the good guys out there. Coach Ashley Pierre of Irvington and his program, they've got 
Lance Teray. I think people know that name. Lance Teray is one of the top remaining targets on the Rutgers board at defensive end. So I'm excited to go see him. There's other guys in this game as well. Josiah Provillion is a uh, NC State wide receiver commit whose older brother Nixon plays for Rutgers. And, you know, they've got uh, they got some 2019s at Irvington too. Should be a good way to start the season. I'm really curious to see how Josiah does. Uh, I look forward to your feedback. Because, no, you don't. No, I actually do. Because he admittedly said he needed to increase his speed and his burst out of breaks in the off season. Great competitor, you know. He always wants to try. Really nice kid, um, but he was injured a lot when I saw him in the spring. So I'm curious to see how he's developed. And knowing that you're going to be shooting the game, I'll be able to get my hands on that game film and not highlight film and and be able to watch him. Yeah, unlike Huddle, we actually put all of the plays in that are worth watching and not just the touchdowns. I mean, Huddle's a highlight. So right. there you have it. It's That's why we're big on game cut-ups, which is why we're going to three places this yes. week. Uh, the other thing with Irvington, look, I saw them a week ago at Rutgers, and I'm already going back to see them. One, because there's, what, like three uncommitted kids in the state that <laughs> Rutgers is recruiting? And two, Lance Ture did not play much in the scrimmage at Rutgers. He actually spent most of it hanging out on the sidelines with Komoko. But I want to see how be- how much better he is, because I went to see him play against C.J. Onyechi last year, and he didn't do anything. I was like, well... This guy looks like a future offensive lineman. But in in the time since then, he's picked up a Rutgers offer. He is more explosive on the defensive line. And, again, there's like three, four kids in the state that they're recruiting right now, and he's one of them. So I'm going to go see him again when he's 20 minutes from where I live. Yeah, and it's 2018s when you talk about kids are recruiting in yes. the state because people will flip out. What? We're not recruiting 2019s or 2020s? What is this staff doing? Fire them all. Yeah, they dropped uh, They dropped yeah. Masai Maynard. They yeah. stopped recruiting <laughs> Taquan Roberson. I'm curious to see Ture. I spoke with him after the game on Saturday. He went to watch Rutgers play UW. And I spoke to him. And, and as a matter of fact, he said, come out to the game. And I said, I'm going to PA. Sam, you should go to this game. And uh, rightfully so, you're going. But I'm curious because he's gotten bigger, he's gotten stronger, and in talking to his coach up in Irvington, he's gotten a lot more explosive and better, and his work habits are good. I'm curious to see how good he is and how much improvement he made. Uh, he should either face double or triple teams all game or dominate. So take your pick on what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. Coach Pierre's doing a good job up there. They got some young talent that we'll see. And also quarterback Brandon Robinson. He's not a Rutgers-level target, but you never know. And he's a guy you'll probably hear hear about in college someday. You never know, but I know he's big. He's got a live arm. He, he didn't play much last year at Columbia High and transferred to Irvington. I always viewed him as a kid who would be a perfect walk-on at Rutgers. Perfect walk-on because he doesn't have a lot of experience, but he has some athleticism and he has some talent. Um, And I've seen him throw live, and the ball goes. I mean, it comes out. And I think if you're... That would be a walk-on I'd get excited about. And you know from experience, Brian does not get excited about walk-ons. If if you really want to get a good... That's the kid. All right, well, it's team talk time, Brian. Quick... Some quick reactions here as we head into Eastern Michigan. Obviously, our full breakdowns and previews for Eastern Michigan are available on scarletreport.com. Contact me about an extended free trial. Just mention the Rutgers Scoutcast to get all of your Rutgers news. We do have some 
pretty positive and exciting site news coming in the next couple of weeks. So now would be a good time to get involved. But we'll go ahead and uh, give a little taste. It's been a while since this Washington game. Brian, what were your takeaways? Uh, They looked better coached. And I don't mean that the coaches did a better job. I just mean that the players look like they bought in. I'm sure the coaches did a better job too. But I felt like everybody was working toward the common goal. The energy was great. The effort, even at the end, was fantastic. You and I spoke about it in the preview. What happened is exactly what we thought would happen. Close game. Washington pulls away at the end because they just have more talent. And that's exactly what happened. But I like the composure. I don't really fret that Kyle Bowen threw the ball away a couple times because he hasn't played much and it's part of a learning experience. And it's really hard to have a learning experience against the number 10, you know, top 10 team, number eight, number seven, depending on the poll. Uh, They were more physical than I thought. And I know everybody talked about how there wasn't a disparity in talent and speed and athleticism. And I get what they're saying, but there was. But it wasn't nearly as big as it was last year. And I think that's the thing, if you're a Rutgers fan, you should be the most excited about. They've now had a full year and cycle in Kenny Parker's weight program. And you see some of these kids. And now you understand why when Chris Ash took the job, he said, I'm not taking it unless Kenny Parker would come with me um, so I, I think that's what I took out of it they, they looked like a Big Ten team you look at you know you go on paper and write down you know this your stars of the team your most important players and each one of them matched up against what's probably an NFL player in a couple years and played pretty well well on Austin went against NFL level receivers all game. He gave up one catch for 24 yards and it's because he slipped and lost his balance. That's it. The whole game. I thought he was great. Tariq Cole did very well protecting the blind side, did not give up a sack. Rutgers only gave up one sack the whole game and it was, you know, the whole frantic stretch the field. Let's try and make something happen at the last minute. So even that wasn't a huge deal. Meanwhile, Rutgers got pressure on Browning, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. I mean, everyone's going to remember the Darnell Davis hit, which really is more of just a missed assignment on the Washington side. But there are other plays where guys like Willington Provolon, who's never really played, he's generating consistent pressure against a very good offensive line. Most of the stars of this team came out to play, but what really made a difference was some of those two, three-star guys that we've never seen on the field before. Well, guess what? They've been developing. Willington Provolon, John Badeke... I thought that uh, Kamal Seymour showed a lot of improvement at right tackle. They used their tight ends and fullbacks properly, which means they didn't oversaturate it. And when they came in, they were able to make an impact. A lot of the changes were good. And you know what? The talent's going to win at the end of the day most of the time. But Rutgers showed some pretty good improvement. They Overall, better performance than I expected. When we did our season preview, do you remember who I said would be like the star break, you know, guy that would be the MVP of the team? I think you said Bless Austin, but honestly, like, I don't really listen. <laughs> yeah, it was Bless Austin, so I'm glad to hear you talk yeah. about how well he did. I, I think the key now for Do you Rutgers, remember who I said? No, I don't listen to It was him. their leading receiver, Jerome Washington. I don't remember that. Is there any kind of documentation or tape on that? Cause I, I no, there's no it. videotape, trust me. <laughs> Good call on that. Um, <laughs> that was good, Sam. Um, I look at it and I say, you now have to follow it up with a good effort against Eastern Michigan. 
I think it's unrealistic to say you're going to play with the same fire. If you do play with the same fire, that would be kudos to the kids and the coaching staff for for getting them to be that ready for Eastern Michigan when they were that ready for Washington. I don't I don't care. Twelve games a year, still play hard, still be ready, still prepare. But you've spent all offseason pre- preparing for UW. So, um, but I, I just want to see them take that same attitude to Eastern Michigan, and with Eastern Michigan, just be physical and on your first series on both sides of the ball set the tone with your physical play that's what i want to say if you're if you're rutgers set the tone with your physical play because you are you should be stronger than them before we move to part three of the news brian give me one personnel change that you're making based off of the first game there's only one get you can only pick one what which which one personnel change would you make to change the team for the better. Well, since I get one, I'm not going to go with the holder. Um, <laughs> I, I would do something at the linebacker spot. I, I would, um, as long as Olakunle Fadakazi is healthy, he would be playing a lot more than maybe a Trevor Morris. I, I just think athletically he's better. I, I remember when Trevor committed, the question was speed. You know, he, he wasn't you know, through the camp circuit, that was always the question. Will he run well enough? Will he run well enough? He, he has to increase his athleticism. I, I mean, you can't sugarcoat it. So that, I would I would look to do something at the linebackers uh, without question. Yeah, it's got to be the linebackers. Now, I would probably leave Trevor Morris in and instead look for a change at the Sam linebacker. Uh, Ross Douglas should have a better game against this level of competition. But when you talk about matching Ross Douglas against a big-time tight end or asking him to make a play against the run, that's that's a bit much for a guy that's been a corner and a running back his whole life. And then Eric Margolis, he was in the right place a lot of the time. It was just two steps behind the play. So I, I would probably look at that Sam linebacker and make the change there. I, heck, I would put uh, Fatu Kasi there even. Just uh, I, think, I think that's more of a liability right now than the Will Trevor Morris spot. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough to, after one game, want to make changes at a bunch of different places especially when you played pretty well yeah you, you played well uh, and you don't I mean yeah you want to make a change at field goal kicker but you don't have any options so I mean you know at least this miss like had the distance that's true and it wasn't an easy kick no it's a 47 yard field goal. um I, I just think that the linebackers have to get straightened out you, you, this team will not have the success that fans want well period end of sentence there but but they will not have the success that fans want unless the linebacker situation gets better all right part three of the news brian and it's your favorite part of the news because it's walk-on conversations Rutgers this week put safety larry stevens lawrence steven whichever one you want to call him they put him on scholarship first day of class and he gets the gift of a free semester of college Pretty cool, you know, not the glitz and the glamour of some other walk-ons getting on scholarship across the country that you see, but it's a guy that within his first month, Chris Ash last year was talking about, I wish we had more of Larry Stevens. If he keeps this up, he's going to be on scholarship, and he did keep it up. They put him on scholarship. Good for him, and, you know, it helps shore up. Not really, I mean, he's going to play either way, but you have him playing a lot on special teams and he's your fourth safety once he's fully healthy I got no problem with this scholarship move I'm happy for the kid if you have the scholarship you 
reward, you know, it either sits there and goes to nobody or you use it. And they use it and it's good and um, it's well earned. He's a guy who's, you know, he might be their best special teams guy. So that's good. And then you look at the program he came from. And what program is that, Sam? Look, not, not taking anything away from Stevens who earned this for himself, but we are talking about a guy from Don Bosco. And how does Tyler Friday get to games sometimes when he visits? I wonder if he goes with Larry Stevens' parents. Oh, that's cool. I, I mean, I, I almost didn't know that. <laughs> it's a nice little bonus that was not in any way intended when you put this no, it, it's an ancillary thing. Um, it had, I think, one thing we've learned about Chris Ash is. In that, in stuff like this, he's not going to play the politics game. You earn it by merit because then you have to look at every other walk-on and tell them, well, you gave the scholarship. You know, it's got to be earned by right. merit because every other walk-on is like, oh, man, I didn't get it. Um, so it has to be earned. But then you start, you know, dissecting a little more. And let's just say that's not going to make Tyler Friday's decision. But it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. No. So. No, it's a cool moment for him. It's. Everyone at Don Bosco is happy. I talked to a couple people up there, and they all said, look, this is this kid deserved it. I mean, he's 5'9", so of course you're not going to offer him out of high school, but he went out and he earned it. Good for him. Now, as far as everyone saying, well, what? now they can't take as many kids in the 2018 class. They're, they're killing their numbers. It doesn't work like that. The numbers always work themselves out, one. And two, we're not talking about, a guaranteed four-year Big Ten scholarship out of high school. We're talking about putting a walk-on on scholarship for the semester. And and a couple other things with that. Um, there's always room to get to the 85. All right? So when we're talking about Rutgers being able to take 22, this class, it Great has nothing. Song. Thank you. Taylor Swift, 22. I don't really know who that is. I look at it. They can take 22 because a couple, a couple of kids on campus now were pushed to the 2018 class just to get them in like grad transfers and we spoke about this before you can't do that anymore this was the last year being able to do what they call a blue shirt to where the you know you, you look at like a guy like you look at a guy like Kyle Bolin who his scholarship counts against 2018 by the time he's done playing at Rutgers that scholarship will still be counted right and you had to do it because we all know why um, so Larry Steams going on scholarship impacts the 85. It doesn't impact the max 25 yes. that you can sign in a class. So that's what you have to look at and be aware of. All right, Rutgers ScoutCast mailbag time here. You know, you can always tweet me your questions, email me, private message, all that stuff. We went to Twitter this week where I got some DMs from A.W. Merrick and these questions, first off, on topic is a recruiting question, Brian, and there was a lot of caps lock and a lot of exclamation marks in this question, so you know it's serious. Why aren't we recruiting Marcellus Erlington harder? I, I guess they don't think he's good enough. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Yeah. I mean, it depends what you view as harder. Um, he's a kid that spent all spring and summer playing AAU basketball, so he wasn't making visits. He's really big on playing basketball in college also. So that means a joint effort to where Steve Peichel and the gang over at the Rack have to recruit him hard. Um, each guy fits differently into a defense and how they would use him. Maybe they don't see the skill set he brings fitting into the 
defense that they're going to run. There's always a lot of things. Maybe he's not showing them as much interest, so it's a waste of their time if he's not. There's always a bunch of different factors involved in it. They're recruiting him. They say they want him. Uh, I'll be surprised if he doesn't wind up at North Carolina as long as North Carolina has space for him. And during the off season, sometimes kids take off in recruiting and you really see schools push hard. And then sometimes you see a lot of schools pull back for various reasons. And, you know, I, I look at it and I say, okay, who's recruiting him now the hardest? And it's Pittsburgh, Rutgers, Virginia Tech, um, North Carolina. That's a mix you don't often see up here with when you're talking about schools recruiting you. Um, so maybe schools want to see a little more in them before they really push hard. And, you know, a lot of schools looked in other directions and put targets higher on the board than him. And that's not a slight against him. It's just how the schools view things. And, you know, the kid has a world of potential. So I don't, I don't look at it that way. It's just it's a different kind of recruitment. So a couple things. First off, I think that some of the changes in interest of schools recruiting him was Erlington's decision because he decided to go play basketball all offseason. Good for him. He likes to play basketball. He's pretty good at it. His team's pretty good. And uh, Ron Harper Jr. is on his team. So that's kind of fun for me. But when he chooses to go play basketball offseason, that is time that he could have spent dealing with football recruiting and getting better as a football player. So I think that's his choice. And fine, he's looking at a lot of basketball schools. Secondly, he's talking to Coach K. He's talking to talking to Roy Williams. Like, even if Steve Peichel decides to make that call, which he hasn't yet, and from what I understand, you know, they might try and help Rutgers out a little bit football-wise, but it's not really something that either side cares about that much. You know, that's not really something that's worth wasting your time when you have Roy Williams saying, hey, come be the next Julius Peppers. Now... The other thing is Rutgers picked up Matthew Thomas. Matthew Thomas, pretty good player, and it seems like a similar fit within the defense. You can only take so many kids. We've talked about this. So when you talk about the defensive linemen that are left on the board, Tyler Friday, Chris Banks, uh, Lance Teray, Kmar Mims, Nicholas Fullwider, I'm sure I'm like Christian Barmore. There's probably kids I'm forgetting. I'm going to get messages later, but we're talking about two to three spots. You know, we'll see if there's any decommitments with all these kids still left on the board. I mean, you can't take everybody. You just can't do it. So you pick the ones that fit your system, that love football, and that mesh with the staff. I think you bring up a really good point about if you're going to choose to play basketball, that's cool. No issues with that. I, I, I love kids that play different sports. But if you're a coach recruiting them, then the next question you're asking is, well, what's his commitment to football? And if you're talking about the need to play basketball, well, what's your commitment? And and you look at Juwan Harris at Rutgers, who's a very good baseball player. And great, go play both sports. But when you spend the spring playing baseball, that curtails your football development. And you see that as training camp progresses and the season starts on what kind of role he has. And we'll see where it, where it develops to. But you would think if you play football year-round, you would be further along in your development. And it's the same thing when you talk about high school kids. So the off-topic question, I think that... I'm not sure if this was an ironic question from AEW or not, but it was, how did you spend your Labor Day weekend? Well, I labored. I don't know about you. You really want the answer to that? I'll tell you how I spent the Labor Day weekend. 
Friday I went to U.S. Costa Rica. Then I went to Rutgers, Washington. I have two kids that play travel soccer. Both of them played in a tournament, so there were four games each. So there's eight games. I coached a couple of those games. Went to a game in Philadelphia. So I could, well, outside of Philadelphia, Archbishop Wood Primus Catholic Friday, uh, Saturday night. And then on Monday, did some work, took the kids to the pool for the last time this year. And before I knew it, the weekend was over. And throughout all of that, there were various times I was working even while watching U.S. Costa Rica. So there's how I spent my weekend. Yeah, I was at Rutgers all day Friday. Saturday, I was rewatching a Rutgers game and on the phone with some boring business stuff all day. Sunday, I don't remember. Monday, I was at Rutgers all day. Uh, the highlight of my Labor Day weekend, sadly, was when I ran into lacrosse coach Brian Brecht at the Hale Center, and we talked about Northern Virginia for about 10 minutes. I, I worked. It was not what? anything special. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Two things about that. How you not coming in t- contact with me Friday was not the highlight of your weekend. I don't understand that. And what transpired to make Sunday forgettable? Was anything that transpired Saturday night to make Sunday forgettable? You said you didn't know what you did Sunday. I Honestly, I don't remember. I'm guessing that... So it sounds I, like Sam had a good Saturday night. No, no, I didn't. No, not at all. I, uh... Just old age is why you yeah, don't remember. Yeah, le- like now I'm legitimately trying to remember, and I can't remember what I did. I know that I watched the Rutgers game back, which was terrible. I did watch a lot of college football while I was on the phone, but most of my weekend was on the phone with people doing terrible business things. Oh, radio, tell me everything you know. So I went back and really gave it a good think, and I do remember what I did Saturday, A.W. Merrick, if that is your real name. Yes, I do get the Deadwood reference, and I know that's not your real name because I have your subscriber information. Anyway, so I went back, and I do remember what I did Saturday. Just to answer your question real quick before we close out the show, I counted and I called nine recruits, four coaches, and unfortunately one Brian Doan on Saturday. I also did a couple of, I made a couple of business calls that I'm not ready to discuss yet, but there is some good news coming within the next month or so that I'm pretty excited about. We'll talk about it when it gets here. Sunday night, I watched the Chip Chipperson podcast like I do every Sunday on the Riotcast Network. Not safe for work, by the way. So this has been another episode of the Rutgers Scoutcast. I appreciate Saquon Hampton giving me a little bit of time on Monday for our conversation. I would have liked to talk to him a little bit more, but he had a uh, barbecue to get to. And I always appreciate Brian giving us some time. I I don't think people realize, I think people take this for granted. Brian's a national recruiting analyst. There aren't a lot of sites or teams that get this kind of access to the guys that do the rankings. So for Brian to come by every week means a lot. Of course, you guys know Brian was the publisher on ScarletReport.com before I took the job in 2011. So it's fun to have him around now. Well, sometimes fun. I'm sure you can hear my frustration at times, and I know that I drive him nuts as well, but that's that's how working relationships work. You know what I'm saying? If anyone's going out to Irvington High School tonight, please feel free to say hi. I think we're going to make Scout on the Road a weekly segment for the fall high school football season. Before I really close out the show, I'd like to send my best wishes to everyone in Florida. As someone that spent a lot of time in Miami as a kid and some time in Fort Lauderdale before they ruined it, uh, really do hope that that hurricane is not as bad as 
things indicate, and I hope that all of our listeners down there, all of the Rutgers fans down there, just everyone in general, I hope that you stay safe and that everything is all right. I work with some great people in Florida, and I got some good friends down there, and I wish all of them the best. Of course, me saying that from my comfortable, tiny apartment in New Jersey means nothing to you, but know that my thoughts are with you. I know Brian's are as well, and everyone on the Scarlet Report team, where I am the publisher, Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening.